0: This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 27, Reading Critically. Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. All right, we are going to talk today about reading as a writer. Uh, It's kind of an interesting, different topic for us, but I've noticed that as I've become a writer, the way I look at writing that I read has changed dramatically. Um, Dan, has it changed for you, and how? It has. First of all...
1: Reading for me changed drastically when I became an English major and started taking editing classes. Okay. Because then I started noticing all of the grammatical and punctuation and spelling problems much more than I ever did before. Okay. Now that I'm a professional storyteller, I start noticing all of those elements more than I did before. Okay. I uh, pick up on things, you know, oh, this is how he did that. That was very clever, the way he introduced this thing and then paid it off later. Or on, you know, the other hand... This was very not clever the way he totally screwed this up, so Howard, how about you uh
2: absolutely what uh what Dan's described has has happened to me. I also notice um sloppy prose, okay uh you know when when or purple adjectives prose. well purple prose is yeah. a, a another category entirely, but just <laughs> sloppy prose where you know the same adjective gets used uh, yeah. over and over. I was reading the. Uh, the Horde's Metamorphosis uh, game book Mm -hmm. and one of the character descriptions that described this character as now having an unprecedented connection to dire trolls which gave him unprecedented power over his enemies and I realized you just used that (laughs) same adjective into and you weren't being silly When you did it, yeah, you know,
1: character descriptions—very sloppy mistake. Character descriptions is one that I see a lot. Um, There's a series that I won't uh, name, where uh, the guy describes almost every woman in that series the same way, Mm. and I can tell every time it's so obvious, and that just really starts to get.
0: All right, so it does happen. It happens to you. Absolutely. Now, does this make you enjoy reading less? Nope. No. Okay.
1: Changes what I read, though.
0: Okay. Uh, tell me more about this.
1: Um, when, when I, well, I'm right now between projects, which means I'm starting a new one, working on a new book. So I have selected a specific reading list of, you know, this is a style I like, and so I want to get the flow of it into my head. This is uh, an author that I want to uh, emulate in some way, and so I want to read more of his stuff. Who is it? Uh, Phil K.
0: Dick, right okay. now, actually. Okay. Um, I've noticed that when I became a writer, um, there was a period where I didn't like reading as much. Um, for me, it it was very hard to read. Um, didn't like reading much, it's the long way to phrase it. I, I, every time I sat down to read, I would notice the mistakes so much, it would make me so anxious to go work on my own books and not have those mistakes mm-hmm. that I was never able to finish anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this stretch for a period of a number of years where all these things were happening to me, I was noticing flaws and errors, or I was noticing how good something was, or I was it just made me anxious to go right, and I actually read much less. Um, I think this is the problem, um, because I think that it's good to keep up on what's happening what mm-hmm. people are doing that is very good um, and i'm wondering how you authors you know what, i'm going to i'm going to argue yeah. with
2: that it, brandon it wasn't a problem because what you were doing is that that was a discovery process for you where you were finding things in published prose in in published fiction that you didn't like and that was exciting you about sitting down and practicing yeah. your yeah. own writing and making sure it didn't happen. And you went through that phase, you became a better writer as a result, and now you read a lot more, Yes, right? I do. I okay. read Okay, so, so there's um, nothing wrong with it. It's and, not and that I, it's a mistake.
1: I think that's a very common thing. I'm going to bet that a ton of our listeners yeah. have this same thing because I think it's just an aspect of being a creative person. You cannot read or experience something without thinking, oh, how could I do that? Right. How could I do it better? How well, could I and make I it my own? I want this
0: podcast to be about channeling that. Not letting it interfere with your writing, letting help your writing. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Well, I was going to say it happens. It happens in other fields. I graduated as a music major, and for four years after that, I could not go to the movies without listening to the soundtrack and identifying all the things that they did Mm. wrong, the things that they did right, what I liked, what I didn't,
0: mm. why our type of person is so annoying to everyone else. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. I can't play a board game without
1: wanting to suddenly design a board game.
0: You or know, pointing out to, to your friends, oh, they did yeah. this, they did that. It can destroy the experience for people. Like, you know, my father just loves to go and experience a movie. Um, and he, it really bothers him if you sit there and pick apart what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one thing you mentioned that I, I th- think is really, um, really poignant is, um, when you are saying what I was doing, I was, I was seeing all these things in writing that, published writing that people were doing that I didn't agree with. I think that's a process writers go through where they realize, I can do this, Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that moment that, that it, it opens up and becomes not something that people on a pedestal do, but that mm-hmm. you can do. And I think that issue alone kind of knocks the pedestal out yep. a little bit.
2: Uh, I took a songwriting class in which one of the assignments we were given was pick a song that you wish you'd written mm. and write something that uses the formulas in that song. And, uh-huh. and we had some studio time and we, we produced them for the, for the class and the point of that exercise was to look at things that are making it big and to show yourself, yeah, I can do that too.
0: Um, and How do you not become cynical though? Um, because I think that's a problem. When you start to hate everything you read, I think that's a problem. <laughs> um, um, that's just a personality flaw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, eat some ahead. cake, have a pie, Nice. Uh, or deep take fried a hot cake. bath. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think one of the one of the ways to do that is uh and and we get this a lot with uh Stephanie Meyer. A lot of people will complain about how she they don't like her books or whatever, but they're very popular, and mm-hmm. so I think the thing you do as a writer is you look at that and say, "Well, even if I don't personally like it, it's obviously very successful. that means there's something good about it. I need to find what that is okay, I and think then that's, you can yeah. learn that lesson and you can learn a lesson like that from any successful book. Right. Yeah. I think that's the it's a very The uber
2: successful point. books, I think, are a different... Still, there's, well, I think they're a yeah. different can of worms altogether, mm-hmm. because if you look at Stephanie Meyer and J.K. Rowling and... Dan Brown. Uh, yeah. Dan Brown. Um, we, we look at that, and the lessons you could learn as a writer... Are kind of limited. Those are people whose stories were in the right place at the right time for the right market. They got incredibly lucky, and then they capitalized on it correctly. They're not bad writers. Mm. They're just, but they're by no means the best writers out there.
1: No, but there's still good things you can learn. I think from yeah. analyzing what they've done. Yeah, but just and don't, you can
2: don't, don't sit down people. and try and learn from yeah. it. Well, and expect to become that. Yeah, I, I think what, what we have to, to learn.
0: what we have to separate out here is we have to explain between looking at something and saying, what can I learn from this? And looking at it and saying, I want to emulate this. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. those are big the, dif- those, that's a very big difference. In fact, maybe that's what we should talk about next. What is the difference? How do you distinguish that in your mind? Dan? Um, well. Because I would say that hmm. for me, when I'm reading, um, picking out an element, saying this author is really good at this specific thing is what I'm looking to do nowadays. I read a lot and I enjoy what I read, um, I can, I can't read terrible books anymore. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, there used to be a time where I could read a book, and even if I wasn't enjoying it that much, I could finish it because I wanted to find out what was happening. Mm-hmm. Now, if I don't enjoy a book, I put it down. In yes, fact, in the, the last couple well. of months, um, I have I've put down more books by chapter three or four than I've finished um, because I say I don't have time for this. Um, but in those books that I finish, not all of them are perfect. In fact, many of them aren't. But there are often things that the author is doing specifically. This author is good at this. Or sometimes what really helps me is when the author almost gets it. Because then I can say, wow, if this had worked, mm-hmm. if yeah. I can figure out how to make this work, then I can do this. And it's it comes in that, that issue of when are you plagiarizing and when are you learning from someone? Um, and authors steal all the time. We steal in the right way. Mm-hmm. We learn from someone, or we learn a plot archetype, and we make it our own. What is the difference there between just plagiarizing them or just mimicking them and doing it your way?
2: Well, plagiarism is where you take somebody's uh, okay. somebody's metaphor. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, well, Douglas Adams. You know, they hovered in the air much in the way bricks don't. Yeah. OK, if you use that metaphor that's in plagiarism. your own book, that's yeah. plagiarism. Yeah,
0: but what, let's take But if, if you look at that, I
2: see what you're yeah. saying. But if you look at that and say, wow, this is a metaphor that works well because it conjures up an impossible image. I want to conjure an impossible image. Yes. What can I do mm-hmm. to describe this? You know, the uh, the magic water flowed downhill like... Uh, concrete over pancakes or something. Yeah. I don't know. Right. But <laughs> so, you, yeah, <laughs> That, that <laughs> makes you laugh. Yeah, you yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, but you're doing the same sort of thing by looking at what that author did, exploring the technique, and trying to apply it to your own work. And that's not plagiarism. That's learning from somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And Or and taking
0: be- a plot archetype saying, I love heist stories. Yes. Heist stories are fun. Mm -hmm. Let's look at what the successful pieces of a heist story are, and let's use the ones that I like and not use the ones I don't like. Um, Dan, did you have something you were saying? Well, I was just going to make the same point Howard
1: made, so he's already made it.
0: Okay, well, he did a very good job of it. He did a fine job. (laughs) He He
1: made that point like concrete (laughs) falling over over pancakes. pancakes. (laughs) Uh,
0: Flowing over pancakes. Okay. Um, Dan, you said that you read author's work that you want to be like. Mm -hmm. How do you keep yourself from being unduly influenced by the authors? Is that a worry for you? It is somewhat of a worry. I don't think it's a huge worry for me,
1: though, Mm -hmm. because I am far enough along in my writing life that I already have a pretty good sense of who I am. And so I know what I want to do, Mm -hmm. and I know know, what my own style is like. And so I don't think that I'm going to end up writing exactly what these other people are doing, but I want to have... You know, get a sense of how they do what they do and apply that to my own thing.
0: Okay, so how can we do this? How can our readers better read critically, or can our listeners better read critically and learn from what they are reading? Any tips for them?
2: Um, reading and trying to identify, uh, identify archetypes or identify uh, structure Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay. If you're breaking reading something, things down yeah, into smaller it down, pieces. Yeah, down. Deconstructing it as Break you it read. Break it
0: down. Okay, that's an excellent point. Well, listening, I'm also. L- or
2: listening. Reading it and trying to determine okay, when was the change between Act 1 and Act 2? Okay. When did we introduce the turning point for this character? Uh-huh. When did. Or if you have a strong emotional reaction to something in the book, yeah. going back and rereading that passage and trying to figure out why it happened. Why? What
0: happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, finding out which things when you're reading a book, if a certain element just makes you go, whoa, um, that also helps identify who you are as a writer. And if you're writing scenes like that, you're probably going to be more passionate about it and you probably can do a good job of it because there are times in books that are going to affect you differently from other people. Um, one thing I'd also say is look for what works and what doesn't, um, and try and figure out why. What works and what doesn't. Um, what we should probably do is do a podcast where we do this, where we break down something, and we look at what worked and what didn't, kind of mm-hmm. like we did with, uh, with The Dark Knight. We should probably do one of, like, one of those. Yeah, that's
1: a good idea. Uh, show you Can't how to do it. That. Okay. Um, another okay. suggestion I'm going to make is uh, specifically look at something that you don't like or don't think you're going to like uh-huh. and yet is successful, okay. such as yeah. Harry Potter or Twilight, mm-hmm. and figure out why. Force why? yourself to actually find all the good parts that you don't think are there, because then you're gonna learn a lot
0: more. I think that's very good, very good. I
2: listened to uh, a lot of country music shortly after graduating.
0: Um, This is not a confessional. Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I thought that was what we were, you just said you read Twilight.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Stephanie Meyer.
0: Okay, Um, how do you separate when you're reading, Um, it's gonna be a weird question, because it's one that's coming, Okay, out well, of the day, readers. Um, how do you separate what a book is doing poorly and what a book just isn't good at doing? Um, for instance, when I'm reading a book, sometimes a given book just has an element of how that book is constructed that it couldn't have been done better. But And how do you, how do you separate that from the that? Well, not just it couldn't author. have been done.
2: Or you're, you're, you're saying it couldn't be done better and it couldn't be done really all that well, right, well because or of the nature of the, the book.
0: It, some books, for instance, um, some books, uh, Mistborn 2 has this big cliffhanger. The book needed it. Yeah. Um, there was no way to plot the series without doing it. That's an issue of the book and not a flaw, I think, on the author's part. Maybe if I'd been better at it, I could have done it without it. I guess I'm not asking a question. Maybe what I'm doing is I'm saying to you, listeners, understand that sometimes the things you don't like about a book um, have less to do with the author being flawed, and more saying this aspect of this genre yeah. just works that
2: way. Um, well, you know, I, I, I brought up this example before. The Horde's Metamorphosis book yeah. has story running mm-hmm. through it. And it's, I'm guessing there's a novella-length story. And in this novella-length story, there've got to be... Thirty characters, uh-huh. and the reason there are thirty characters is right. because we have to explore all of the named characters that people are going to be playing as part of this game. Right. It is a game book, mm-hmm. and so there's limited character depth. What's there is done brilliantly well. It can't be done any better without turning it into a what ten book. Not. Exactly.
0: That, yeah. you, that's an yeah. exact um, perfect example. The other thing I think people need to be aware of is understanding what thing are things you personally don't like rather than calling them flaws of the book, if that makes sense. Sometimes you just don't like a genre. Yeah. Um, and you you are not going to like a teen girl vampire romance, no matter how well it's written. I also um, don't like country music. And you don't like country music. But I, I made didn't... myself listen to it. Yeah. Um, and those that is different from saying, what did the author do wrong? Yeah. And learning to do that is a skill, I think, of reading critically. Um, I think critics who review um, material mm-hmm. have to learn this. Most many of them don't. I think. I think they don't yeah. like that type of movie, so they bash it. Yep. And um, let me. I want to touch on something. I
2: realize we're uh, running running low on time. Uh-huh. Um, through all this discussion, uh, I think we've established that we're probably well positioned to act as critics uh-huh. because we understand the form, we understand what goes into it, but we don't want to be critics. right? We want to use the critical reading skills in order to make our writing better and, or in order, in order to make our other you know, right. arts yes. better.
0: Well said. All right. We
2: still criticize stuff, but... Uh, a lot when the mics are turned we, off. We, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> especially when the mics are turned off. Jordan records most of that, you know. Um, we should end. I'm going to give a writing prompt. Um, I want you to write a story about a critic. But a critic who criticizes something abnormal, like they are a critic of kitchen paint colors, or they are a crit- critic. Just of just an interior you know, designer. Cement and mixers. Cement mixers, or something wildly original that they well, are a critic of. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> oh, this has sorry. been writing excuses. Thank you.